Hello everyone and welcome back to This Start Life. I'm your host as always, Lisa Leonard. I honestly feel like I blinked and April just disappeared. So here we are already into May and um, here in Las Vegas we're now into the 100 plus degree weather which means lots of hydration, finding indoor activities and trying to stay smart. Um, it's kind of funny because the hot yoga studio that we go to, True Fusion, uh, hosts classes that are like 105 degrees, I think. So sometimes it's hotter outside than it is in the hot yoga class. However, I would say that it's definitely always more humid in the class and it's always a super sweat fest because, you know, Vegas is a dry heat, you know. It's no biggie. <laughs> anyway, so a lot has happened since our last episode and I want to first let you know what you're in for in this episode, which is super exciting, an interview with multiple world champion Annika Langvad. That's right, the Annika Langvad. So before we get to that, I'd like to give just a quick recap on the last month. Uh, we started out April with the inaugural This Start Life Retreat, which I hosted out in Spicer Ranch in Beatty, Nevada. It was a three-day retreat. We had close to 20 women who participated, along with a few, um, probably close to 10 people who were supporting and helping the event. The The women of Spicer Ranch um cooked for us the entire weekend it was perfect everyone was camping so you didn't have to worry about your own food we had vegan gluten-free vegetarian options available every meal nobody went hungry I assure you that and uh, the camping was perfect it was in the meadow right beside kind of like the main the main staging area and and it was just so beautiful the whole weekend. We had three fully qualified mountain bike instructors there who helped to lead our clinics, or they did lead our clinics, I should say. We had our yoga instructor, um, speakers, and and quality swag items. Everyone got their own individualized uh, This Start Life yoga mat. If you're interested in getting a This Start Life yoga mat, contact me, and that might be something we can get up on the website, I I think. So anyway, the retreat started on the Friday and one of the first day activities was at nighttime and that was a movie under the stars. I chose to show the movie Blood Road, which is a Red Bull documentary about Rebecca Rush, who is a champion adventure racer and mountain biker. Um, But it follows her mountain bike journey through Vietnam to find the crash site of her father who was lost to the Vietnam War. So it's a really really hard-hitting documentary um, because I certainly, before watching it, I certainly didn't know all that much about the Vietnam War and it kind of gives you a bit of insight, a little bit of insight into into what went on. Um, But I wanted to show this movie because of the incredible journey that she went on, the perseverance, the raw emotion and the strength that the movie evokes was just so empowering and I felt that for this This Start Life retreat and this women's weekend, it was just the perfect way to start the weekend. So I found myself on the Friday night watching this and suddenly just taking a moment to myself where 
I was really kind of overcome by my own emotion, just at the realization that this vision of mine, this idea to have this weekend, uh, this outdoor weekend uh, for women to come together and do all these cool activities and, and just just so badass was actually coming to to fruition and just how perfect it was you know we're all sat around watching this movie under a million stars with the frogs and the crickets chirping in the background there was a gentle breeze through the trees and you know I'm just surrounded by so many other incredible women who took a chance on me and my vision but who also invested in themselves who saw the value in in disconnecting from their day to day and coming and and just investing them in themselves and in um what's the right word you know diving in deep into this this outdoor retreat that we had going on so it was just such a wonderful experience and I'm so so grateful but I would like to do another podcast just about that so that might be the next the next podcast 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 app so anyway unfortunately to come from from a high I went right into a low and right after the retreat I left for South Georgia um as my grandpa had become very very unwell so I flew out there and spent the next couple of weeks or so helping my dad and family to to take care of him to spend time with him um and also I was helping to transition with his I guess, transition into a new environment that was better suiting his needs. He was able to stay at home, which was so lovely and was, you know, there was always somebody around, there's always family around. So, you know, my work as as a physical therapist, a huge part of that is mobility and, and helping people to to get about their day as normal. So being able to to help my grandpa and tell my dad, my uncle to to find the best way to help him do all those things was it was it really meant a lot to me to be able to do that. Um you know the stuff that I would do every day, but it definitely hits home a little more when when you're doing that for for a family member. So I'm just so grateful for the time I got to spend with him and reconnecting with family members I just hadn't seen in so long. It was just a very emotional trip and very, it was, it was wonderful, but you know, it's so difficult too. And, um, I, we, we actually lost my grandpa this week and, but he, you know, he went peacefully and without pain and, and I really am just so thankful for that. He was an incredible man. So do me a favor and join me this week in raising a glass to my grandpa, Larry Leonard. So after returning back to Vegas, obviously it was really tough. I was still fairly distraught from the trip and and my work here in Vegas had really backed up in my absence. So it was fairly chaotic. But I also knew coming back that it would be like this. So I just had kind of prepared myself just to get my head down and push on. So the weekend after I got back was um, I traveled to Prescott, Arizona for the Whiskey 50, which is where I met Annika Langbad. The Whiskey 50 is one of a four-part series put on by Epic Rides. And this is my first time ever at the Whiskey 50, not to mention my first time in Prescott at all. It was 
such a great weekend filled with fantastic racing and riding, hanging out with sponsors such as Specialized, Kenda Tires, Orange Steel and Tasco. I have to say a huge thank you to so many people, but first of all, Tasco for hooking me up with my Arizona gloves for the fat tire crit on the Friday as I was probably five minutes for the race and realized I wasn't even wearing gloves. So I just, I'm a creature of habit and, and uh, yeah, so thank you to Tasco for, for hooking me up there. Then on the Saturday, Orange Seal and Kenda both worked to get my tyre seated and sealed for the big race on Sunday. So massive thanks to them. Uh, And then I took my bike over to Specialized where uh, their mechanic Tanner was um, so lovely and checked over my bike, even fixed a couple of things I'd been having trouble with. So I really felt so fortunate to have such a great support support network at the event. You know, I'm not part of a mountain bike team or anything. I'm just a single rider. And so that can be quite, you can really feel quite alone at times doing that. But for whatever reason, well, for those reasons just mentioned at the Whiskey 50, I really didn't feel alone. I really felt like I was part of a family. You know, I didn't, I had people to pre-ride with. I had friends to eat with and bike family who were there to encourage and support me the whole weekend. So it was an amazing event. And, and yeah, looking forward to the next one, which will be Grand Junction in Colorado, uh, coming up in a couple of weeks time, actually. Anyway, enough about me. Let's get to the main event, Annika Langvad. It is not often, I feel like I've said this already in this, doing this podcast, but it couldn't be truer than today. It's really not often that you get to meet your idols, let alone sit down one-on-one and chat with them. I've watched Annika ever since I started mountain biking in um, on Red Bull TV, racing against the world's best mountain bikers. And she's just an incredible athlete to watch. She's an incredible athlete to follow. She's very focused. And I was just so intrigued to to talk with her and to get inside a little bit more of of what she's about, you know. So I'm very, very grateful, first and foremost, to Annika for taking the time to talk to me on the Saturday. It was the day before the main race and I know she probably had plenty other things to be doing. So I was so grateful that she took the time to chat. Um, Annika is a multiple world champion in mountain biking in both the cross country and the marathon events. She started this season, the 2018 season, with a win at the first World Cup in South Africa, then went to the Cape Epic event, which is a multi-day stage race, which she won with fellow specialized teammate Kate Courtney. Then traveling to the US, Annika took the win at Sea Otter, so really was fair to say that coming into the Whiskey 50, she was in incredible race shape. There, you know, Whiskey 50, though, tracks the many other favorites and heavy hitters, including uh, Chloe Woodruff, who is local rider and crowd favorite. There was also um, Kate Courtney, who is last year's winner, and uh, Larissa Connors, Evelyn Dong, Amy Beisel, and Erin um, Huck, who is our national champion. And they were also there, ready to toe the line as returning athletes, as well as a bunch more. But you guessed it, 
Annika took the win on the day by just under two minutes. So for a 50-mile cross-country race, um, you know, it was definitely hard fought, but but she's she's a very smart racer and you know that she would have paced that and, and um, yeah, amazing rider. I was much farther behind. <laughs> Anyway, I was so excited to chat with Annika and she really surpassed all of my expectations. My only regret is stopping the interview and stopping the recording and then going on to chat for another 20 minutes. And I felt like I probably could have chatted to her for so much longer too, but um, as she said, that can be for another day. So let's get on with the podcast. So please welcome to This Start Life, World champion Annika Langvad. Okay, so I'm staying here with Annika Langvad, Danish uh, and world champion, marathon and XC racer. Uh, welcome to Arizona. Thank you very much. <laughs> How are you enjoying your time here in Arizona so far? Yeah, it's cool. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, it's my first time ever in Arizona, oh, so really? I'm like... It's a whole new experience to me, yeah. but I'm quite, yeah, I'm kind of liking it. Yeah. yeah. And you've been in California, of course. Mm-hmm. Last week you were at Sea Otter, which you had a very successful race there. How was that? Sea Otter was very cool. Mm-hmm. I flew in kind of last minute. Okay. Um, kind of managed the jet lag quite well and just, Good. yeah, had fun at the races and yeah. turned out pretty pretty well. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. With, um I think it was yourself and Kate Courtney in a 1-2 finish, so a very good race on jet lag then. <laughs> mm, yeah, yeah, sometimes it's like that. You don't know how the body responds. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes it can be very good and sometimes it's just completely off. It's always right. a little bit, yeah. Hit or miss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's difficult to yeah. predict, but it was, a, it was fine this time. Yeah. <laughs> and the beginning of the year, we saw you and Kate head out to uh, Cape Epic, which of course you won that as well. Tell us about that experience. Yeah, so Cape Epic was kind of the major goal for my whole winter training. I was yeah. kind of working towards that. Uh, we had the World Cup just a week before, which actually right. fit nicely into the whole schedule. Really? So you could just kind of... Well, I, I, I actually I didn't change my training much during okay. the winter. I mm. kind of use the same kind of training, whether it's a World Cup or it's a Cape Epic. You need a, mm-hmm. quite a good base and some right. speed. Um, yeah. So it, actually everything worked out quite well for me. But awesome. also, I think I'm kind of a, very much an all-round all kind of type of rider. Mm-hmm. I can do, yeah, great on, on most mm-hmm. distances. So yeah, those two mm-hmm. events actually fit perfectly. And then yeah. the Cape Epic, of course, was a very new experience to me. Yeah. Uh, I've done it three times before okay. with a different partner so I okay. kind of knew the drill but I was always the less experienced okay. rider in our pairing oh um, wow yeah so I was always like yeah, yeah my partner she has she has a master plan I'm just here like yeah. Uh, but this year is very different, so I kind of had to step up my game a bit yeah. and be the one kind of making a plan and mm. kind of taking Kate through the race, yeah. like giving her tips and hints yeah. and what to do. And yep. yeah, but we immediately found a really good rhythm on, on how to work together as a team. Awesome. Um, yeah, and so we just really kind of tried to get the most out of every single day. So Perfect. that's why it, yeah. it kind of went so well. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's got to be different. And I mean, it's not like you train together, you know, so kind of how, how much preparation did you get to, to work together before starting the, re- the race? Well, actually, n- none. none. I, we, we didn't really, tr- like, 
trained specifically on our team work. Right. We kind of, you know, eased into the race. Well, mm. yeah, you could say we went pretty hard, but I mean, yeah. we were really like, okay, so we will, yeah, take each day as they come yep. and kind of, you know, try to make a plan beforehand and yep. then really kind of communicating during right. every single stage right. and also afterwards like what went well what was yeah. not so well and yeah. then kind of improving day by day so yeah. that was kind of how we approached things good yeah, yeah. i think i'm sure people probably don't um, understand like how important the communication aspect of something like that is i mean i wonder what the dynamic would be between like a male female partnership or the, the males even as well mm -hmm. like do they communicate the same way or as like productively i wonder so that would be an it would be interesting to be a fly on the wall and in, in certain rooms afterwards i bet mm. oh, yeah. um so last year you finished up your dentistry degree, right? Mm. So congratulations mm -hmm. on that. Mm -hmm. So we call you Dr. Langvad now? You, you could actually, yeah, you yeah. could. <laughs> so how has that been now that you you don't have to study as well? Like, has, has have things changed much or do you have a different focus? Has it has it freed you up a little bit? Oh, it's, it's a different world. Um, to make, yeah, long story, short version is that actually I started my studies before I even started cycling at oh, all wow. okay so I did the first two and a half year normally at school mm -hmm. it's a five-year education if you do it like in one go right um, and when I started uh, studying I also started yeah cycling a little bit mm -hmm. just next to everything kind of to have something to do mm -hmm. uh, next to school and to stay fit um, and active so I, and then I you know went in yeah, joined a local mountain bike club and, you know, just started racing a little bit yeah. and, you know, one thing led to the next thing and all of a sudden I was just... just took off. Yeah, I did my first World Cup in 2010, I think it was. Okay, yeah. wow. Um, and then just 2011, I had a, my first international contract with a German team. Excellent. I was with them for two years and then went back to a small Danish team mm. on specialized bikes for the year of 2013 mm -hmm. and then got on the team specialized from 2014 and then the international team specialized from 2015 okay. so that's kind of okay short story yeah, yeah but that's so <clears throat> always had like the studies next to uh, cycling I did the two of two and a half first year like completely normal at school mm -hmm. then I realized oh, I want to give this biking thing a little bit of a go and, and we're so glad that you did <laughs> yeah well me too look at it's that been a great adventure yeah yeah so I had always had like different arrangements yeah in uh, Denmark we are kind of we're, we're quite uh, privileged when it comes to you know studies mm -hmm. uh, first of all we don't pay for our education and mm -hmm. um, that being said we have a massive tax uh, we yeah. pay I don't know somewhere between 40 and 60 percent of tax of our wow. income yeah but then we don't have to pay for a school and right so i kind of managed to, to kind of do a little bit of a flexible plan at school yeah. which wasn't yeah. always easy i'm sure no so sometimes i would kind of take complete time off sometimes mm. i would take like half the courses you normally yeah. did um before Olympic Games in 2016, I had two years completely off, away from my oh, studies. Wow. Okay. And then I only had one year left after Rio, oh so gosh. I did the final year of my school straight after Rio. It's actually the first time at school I was a mess. Like I was, I was so stressed out because it really? was a massive yeah. shock to the system. But yeah. I managed. But it was really, really hard because I was yeah. practically studying full time next to you know doing this and then racing my, full time as true. well. But that's all. That also left me. <clears throat> so when I finished school in 2017 yeah in the mm -hmm. summer 
Um, and, you know, then I was like, oh, freedom, now I only have to bike. But, you know, I was so worn out. I was pretty... Right. It was a bit massive, how do you say, afterload. Yeah. Yeah. To, yeah, and then, like, just the drain, the <clears throat> mental drain. And, yeah. and even managing that stress for quite a long time, mm. you know, at some point something has to break. Mm. So... You know, it's good that you're able to get through it, but yeah, the, it's maybe you know maybe because it's not so physical, you know, going to school, then you don't realize how much you actually still need to rest and recover. It's mm. almost the same as racing, mm. like yeah, yeah, yeah. after that. So, oh, totally. so are you? Presumably, you're not working as a dentist no. right now. Okay, that's good. So you can relax and just yeah, yeah, yeah. focus on racing. No, just now. When, when I finished my last exam, exam, I closed the door and yeah. basically since then I haven't you know, had anything to do with that world. Yeah, yeah. And so do you think that's, uh, I think it's a, a unique part of, of mountain biking is that we see a lot of the high-level athletes are still, I mean, a lot of them are still working or in school, things like that, whereas you look at some other sports like professional soccer and, and football where they're paid very, very highly, um, but maybe their careers aren't quite as long. Mm. Um, do you think that, there's almost like that we're we're kind of at an advantage because we're you're almost forced to have a better work-life balance and kind of look after yourself or or do you wish sometimes I'm sure you wish sometimes that we're different that like that we were paid Mm. like soccer players and you had Mm. millions and millions of dollars and Mm. you could just forget about everything else like how do you feel about that well that's a good question um it was never th- something that I uh, thought much about, yeah. I, because I was always, you know, I um, I was always seeing myself, you know, as as somebody who went to dentistry school. Okay. So that was kind of a big part of my identity, and yeah. you know, the whole biking identity just like slowly creeped onto me, right. like came slowly. So it didn't overtake it. It was no, just like yeah, a side. Yeah. At, at there were times where I was like really struggling, like mentally, to find out, like, okay, who am I? How how mm-hmm. How should I define myself? Right. Um, because I was in t- these two settings or worlds mm-hmm. that were so different, mm-hmm. um, you know. And yeah, it's, it's it's actually it's sometimes it's really hard. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's just really cool and yeah. funny and interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't know. Um, it was not that like that. I was brought up it, like being a sports person it was mm-hmm. not like my parents were ever into any sports and kind really? of you know pushing me in that direction yeah, yeah. it was very much my own kind of journey and uh, it took me a long time also just to accept the fact uh, it's actually it's actually okay to define yourselves mm-hmm. yourself as an elite uh, athlete mm-hmm. that was kind of a big step to me it's like yeah. it took me and it still sometimes takes me a long time to you know wow. to, to accept that yeah so um, I was never uh, you know, I never had the goal that I want to, you know, just go out and, and earn heaps and heaps of money so I never had right. to think about anything ever right. again. I was like, right. okay, let's let's try this mountain biking yeah. and see how it goes and yeah. take it like day by day, yeah. month by month, yeah. uh, year by year. And now I'm actually really glad that I have my, I finished my studies. I have a degree. I can yeah. always dive into You've that world. You've always got something to fall yes. back on. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean. Yeah, but I, I really, honestly, I don't have a big master plan I take it very much as it comes that's good though Mm -hmm. I was talking to a friend of mine recently and you know we were talking about how we both don't really see ourselves as old people like I can't you know some people say oh I picture myself like I'm 80 years old and I'm on my front porch and I have a cat beside me Mm -hmm. or something Mm -hmm. and you know it's really difficult to I can't see that far ahead and I like it that way because Mm -hmm. 
because I don't want the end goal to define the journey to get there. And so mm. I think subconsciously, if you have like a big master plan and something messes up in the mm. middle, then mm. then it can be very difficult to recover from that, like mentally, mm. emotionally. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, sure. So do you, another thing then, um, I know that um, before like Bart and Rob, they joke about the fact that one time they mistakenly called you the you know the marathon specialist but you've gone on to prove that you're not only like the master at the, the marathon distance the xc distance also mm. would you attribute some of that to maybe coming into the sport later so maybe not having that burnout as like a a junior athlete um or do you think it's just the just building it up slowly as well uh you mean like um sorry that was a poorly worded question so you you came into the sport later it wasn't yes. like you yeah. all through your teenage years mm-hmm. you were mm-hmm. and I think the reason I'm asking from this point of view is that um perhaps like a lot of the junior racers coming up through the sport who have been doing it maybe their whole teenage years mm. they have the initial focus on the XC racing mm-hmm. whereas you you probably didn't necessarily have that initial XC focus like or what did you did the marathon come later or did you enjoy the long distance stuff uh it was also like everything else in my life a coincidence yeah basically <laughs> uh, so yeah when i started racing the um i kind of yeah i did both the xc format but also some marathons mm-hmm. but it was like very much a coincidence it was yeah. like federation was going to marathon worlds anyway so i was right. like okay and yeah. they asked me if i want to come you know at the beginning i was just saying yes to everything so yeah I was like, okay sure yeah. whatever is, and then I just, you know, ended up because I think I have like some pretty good genes and a very good yeah. endurance. Mm-hmm. So kind of, you know, I would always do do well in those long distances. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was kind of, and because I, you know, started making like good results mm-hmm. uh, at the marathons almost immediately. That kind of, you know, stood out a little bit. Mm-hmm. But that being said, I mean, I did my first World Cup. XC World Cup in 2010 and already 11 I had a second place finish at the World right. Cups and a third place right. and I can't remember some, something else right. so it wasn't that I wasn't you know there on the shorter distance it was yeah. just because somehow people chose to focus more on, on interesting yeah on the longer yeah. distance because I also in 2011 I think that was my first year where I became marathon world champ uh-huh. so maybe that was kind of you know it stood out a little bit and then right. also what I I mean yeah then but and Rob, <laughs> when yeah. they, I th- you feel like sometimes they don't really go and investigate mm. before the, uh, mm-hmm. they don't go and talk with the athletes mm-hmm. or anything. So they just kind of, you know, stuck with that one liner and kept it for, I don't know, five years. Yeah. <laughs> and I was kind of annoyed by it because, you know, a lot of people watch Red Bull TV. Mm-hmm. So, of course, and, and a lot of people would, would kind of, you know, hear that one line and just yeah. think, oh, okay, that's Annika, which is like so far from the t- right. truth. And I'm just a little bit annoyed because I think they're a little bit lazy. Yeah, yeah no, <laughs> honestly, because if they wanted to do a really good commentating, they yeah. could go and ask, like, go and do a little bit of research. But, you yeah. know, they never asked me for my story. Yeah. So that's why one time I, I met Bart and I kind of, you know, grabbed the chance to say, hey, Bart, Absolutely. it's cool commentating, but could you please, I mean, yep. there's more to the, sto- the mm-hmm. story than what you, mm-hmm. you, you than that one line. So yeah, please. that doesn't define your no, exactly, career exactly. and stuff. Um, and in your XC racing, I mean, that's how I watched the, all the XC racing over here is on Red Bull TV. And so throughout the XC race you always look so co- cool calm and collected even like 
as it looks like there's different plays going on or different tactics. And even towards the end of the race, when you know I'm sure you're kind of gassing out, but you still look so calm. Is that something that you? It just comes naturally to you. Or you you work on that, or how do you keep so calm in the in, in like the chaos of it? I guess. Um, that's a good question. Uh, well, it isn't always like that. I mean, when I have those days where everything just really clicks, mm-hmm. that's when I ride like that. But, yeah. but you know, I was I also have a lot of days where I'm not racing like that, mm-hmm. and then that's a different story. But maybe yeah. you just don't see it as maybe. much because I'm not <laughs> actually where the cameras are focused right, on. Yeah, but it's racing for me is also whole is very mental. Mm-hmm. And you know, when I get in the zone, I'm mm-hmm. pretty strong, and that's mm-hmm. when you see me looking calm. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess there's there's also a growing body of I'm not sure so much research but like a lot of focus going on to mindfulness and athletes and mm-hmm. and staying present. Um, is that something that you've that you do as well? Like I know like it's something we practice like in yoga and things like that. Do you do you meditate or or do any of those practices? Mm, no, I don't do like specific stuff that you would mm-hmm. say this is like mindfulness training. Right. right. I just kind of try to create um an environment environment around me mm-hmm. where I can relax and thrive yeah um, and that makes me feel good and that's kind of my meditation yeah so with staying so focused all the mm-hmm. time do you do you let yourself enjoy the victories I mean it seems like you have a lot of like there's a lot of things to celebrate in your sport and in mm-hmm. your career and mm-hmm. um, but do you find that detracts from your focus for like for the season or racing or or do you take the time to like celebrate and enjoy those moments mm. I try to. It's difficult though because it's almost like, you know, once you finish a really good race with yeah. a victory or like a really good result, yeah. immediately, you know, there's a race or something else coming up pretty soon. Right. So it's like, it's really difficult. But in, um, at, well, there's always the off season where you can really yeah. look back and say, wow, yeah. like, look at that. That yeah. was quite impressive. Yeah. Um, yeah, I try to I try to enjoy the small victories as they come along yeah. and really stay in those moments when yeah. they are there. Um, yeah, probably I'm not enjoying it as much as I could or mm-hmm. should. Um, but I think, but I'm also pretty sure to know that one day when I leave this whole mountain bike thing behind me, yeah. I will for sure look back and say, yeah. "Wow, wow, 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 <laughs> that was crazy." Yeah. Yeah. So with some of the new riders coming up, it's it's also interesting. We've got like some really fresh talent coming into the scene, but we also have some um, very experienced riders that I feel like they talk about, oh, they're going to retire and then they're still here and now people are racing well up into their 40s. Is that mm. something that if the opportunity is there, is that something that we're going to see you doing with the XC Sport? Um, that's a very good question. I, I don't know. And yeah. it's very it's a very honest question. I yeah. really don't know. Yeah. Uh, I will allow myself to, you know, see how I feel about everything mm-hmm. as the time goes by. Mm-hmm. I mean, I need you need to have a really good setup. Mm-hmm. I don't want to, like, struggle to make a living. I mean, right. then it's not worth it. Right. Uh, right. Then it's just too much uh, yeah. hard work and it's not fun. I mean, the fun right. goes out of it. Right. Um, and I want to, you know, keep it fun and keep it, yeah. you know, a nice, a nice life. Yeah. Um, so I'll, I'll, I'll see as we go along. I mean, if everything clicks, yeah. if I still have the motivation, if I have yeah. a really good setup, if my, if I have like a good life, uh, how do you say, like a life work balance, yeah. mm-hmm. for sure. I mean, why not? Um, yeah. I, I really love this uh, lifestyle. Um, it might not look like it, but there's a lot of freedom to it. Yeah. I can, a lot of the days I have, you know, I can plan my day as I like. Um, yeah. 
Um, of course, it's a, a lot centered around, you know, traveling and racing. Right, right. But you can still kind of be quite flexible with your time, which yeah. is not something you can do in, in any job at all. Right. So that's, Absolutely. it's worth a lot to me. Yeah. Um, so we've got the Whiskey 50 race tomorrow. How are you feeling for that? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yesterday we did the short track um, and I was hit so badly. I think it was an, an kind of an allergy tricked mm. asthmatic reaction. At mm. one point I just couldn't breathe. I mm. mean, literally I couldn't breathe. Yeah. Uh, I hope I'm feeling better tomorrow. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. It's definitely, we're out here in Prescott, Arizona, and it's, it's a very dry climate. Mm. We're up a little bit higher, and so so the, the downside to being a little bit higher and having more pollen and things like, is, is that there is more pollen. Yeah. There's more um, roughage. I live down at maybe like um, 25, 3,000 feet, so it's very much desert. So mm. it, we don't get as much, but people are still hit with allergies, it seems, mm. quite hard. Mm. So... Um, have you got a chance to go and ride the course at all? Mm, yeah, we did some riding on Thursday and also today. So I kind of got a little bit of a feel mm -hmm. of, of what is uh, to be expected for tomorrow. Yeah, yep. And then will you be staying long in the US? Or are you going back home soon? No, no, I'm going back home Monday. Okay. Um, we have the World Cups uh, coming up pretty soon. So okay. I'm going back and we'll do my last bit of preparation for those races. And yeah, I should be good. Awesome. Mm? Well, I won't take up more of your time, but thank you so much for meeting with me. <laughs> yeah, sure. No worries. It was a pleasure. Thank you. Yeah. A massive thank you again to Annika Langved. And thank you all for listening. So we'll be back soon with some more fun from the trails and with some awesome guests. As I say, we'll have to do a proper recap from the, the Start Life Retreat. Um, and also we've got the Grand Junction race coming up. So expect to hear some more from there. So thank you all again. And until next time, stay dirty, my friends. <laughs>